Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Hello, Tender Wild podcast listeners. On today's episode, Betsy and I are going to dive into the topic of Dharma and life purpose. And we're excited about this topic because we've both been on the path to finding ours. And we want to dig into what it is and, and how we as individuals can access it. And then how the world's better off when more of us, especially women, are, are are living our, our dharma. So Betsy, I think this is going to be a yeah. fun conversation. This is one of my favorite topics to yeah. think about. I feel like it's really one of the main big questions you ask yourself or could ask yourself throughout the course of your lifetime and spending time really meditating on it, thinking about it, diving into it, discerning it. I think it's the, the greatest work you can do on some level to get really clear on why am I here at this moment in history? What am I here to bring to this world? Yeah. So maybe we can start with defining it because I think it often gets kind of conflated with career. Yeah. Um, but it's really not about that. Yeah. I think that's such a great point that um, we often believe our life purpose is all about finding the career, the success and the money. Mm -hmm. And it's actually quite opposite from those things. Um, in fact, I sort of my definition of purpose comes from more of the yoga tradition, the word Dharma, which just means your truth, like your sacred duty. Why are you here? What are you here to give? Um, but I, you know, when I see things on social media or I see influencers talking about finding your purpose, it's always about finding some big career that's going to bring you a ton of likes and a ton of money. And it always irks me a little bit because I'm like, that is not what this is yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something much bigger. It all st stems from a place of I have a unique thumbprint. I have certain capacities. I have certain talents and I need to bring them to the world so that I can make the world a better place while I'm here in the short amount of time I'm here. And money, power, and fame, I mean, it could be a part of some people's dharmas, but it's really not at the heart of what this is really about. No. I read recently that it's your energetic signature. Oh, I love that. I know. It's a beautiful definition it? of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's unique. That's such a perfect way to think about it is that, yeah. yeah. And even if you are engaging in a path that is similar to a thousand other people's path, you still bring a unique energetic signature to it. Right. That's like no one else. Right. So there can be 20 people who write a book on the same topic, but everyone's voice and perspective is slightly different. And yeah. I think that's the point of this is that we each have a unique sort of path and it's really on us in some ways to discern it and then to really live it out fully. Yeah. We can also think of it like the frequency with which you, you carry with you in everything you do. Mm. So like your frequency, the like your energetic, energetic frequency, frequency yeah. that, that is, um, 
doesn't matter what you're doing. It's, it's who you are and what you, what you're bringing, what you bring to the table. So that's so interesting because one of the pieces of research that I love about this is that people who have a really clear life purpose, more people are drawn to them and attracted to them. There's actually science that shows that people who have a very clear life purpose are very attractive to other people. And so it makes sense. Like when you're bringing to any situation, this very, you're right. It's like an energetic frequency. People want to be around that. It's magnetic. It's when magnetic. You see someone living their dharma. Exactly. And I think it, people are also drawn because we all have this innate desire to find ours. And so when yeah. you can identify someone that's living it, you you are drawn because there is an innate sense of I want to find my own yes. too. Right. So you can feel the passion in them. Yeah. The, the just natural drive in them. And you're right. I think all of us want to be able to feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a side comment about that though. There, you know, um, in some of the, the wisdom tradition, at least of yoga, there's, there's a lot of conversation in some ancient text about life purpose. And one of the themes is that you cannot do someone else's dharma. Mm. So I agree that we can look to other people, But if we actually just walk in the same shoes or copy, it actually sets us up for huge problems. Yeah. And I think that's so good because, again, I think in this world of social media and this world we're moving into, it's like so much plagiarism or so much copying of ideas or thoughts. And if it's not yours to begin with, you know putting it off as your own actually is setting you up for a lot of, I think, heartbreak and challenge down the road. Right. And that really brings us to the idea of how is it we individually identify what our dharma and purpose is. It's actually inner work. It's all on the inside. It's not about... You can't find it on the outside. You might appreciate seeing that someone's living in theirs and you sense it and feel it, but in order to find your own, you have to do your inner work exactly. and recognize um, what's authentic to you. Because you're right, you can't you can't borrow someone else's dharma or just get on a copy path and mm-hmm. think it's going to be work for you the same way it works for someone else because it is so unique. Exactly. Do you know what yours is? If you're really to boil down, yeah. why am I here on this planet? What's my purpose? What's my bigger meaning for living and getting up every day? I think it's to, I think connection is my dharma. I think connecting Mm. people to help them connect, others connect to themselves, to connect to others, to connect to the world. I think, I think that's what my dharma is. And I've, I've, you know, as people are probably tired of me talking about, I've been around the block trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to live that. But I've, I, I tried to live it in boxes that, didn't allow me to really do it in the way that I, I wanted to. Mm. And so I think I'm finally figuring out a new way forward where I can be truthful and honest in how I'm living that because I'm, I'm at my core a people person. Yeah, you are. And I, um, I love nothing more than when I can think of something that, like a Sherpa, like, oh, I know what will help this person. I have an idea or I have a resource or I have a... You need to meet this person. Yes. I can't... The yes. amount of times you've said that to me. You I need know. to meet this person. But so, that's the connector yeah. in you. 
So I think that's I think that's mine. Oh, and I I am really inspired by this because I think you're giving such a clear example of it's not your job. No. And it's actually been with you all along. Like if we went back to you in third grade, you were probably the little girl who connected everyone mm-hmm. and brought all the friends together and right? Yeah. My, I was. I was <laughs> and then in college, college, you were the connector. And yeah. and I even think about it now. You know everyone in this town. I'm always amazed. And you're like, well, do you know this person? I'm like, no, Kate, I don't go out <laughs> like you go out. Right. But, but it's so natural for you yeah. and it's your essence. And, and you do have this heart for connecting people and seeing the similarities and, and then you use it in your work, but yeah. it's not your work. I mean, right. it's your sacred work, but it's not your job, I guess, is what I right. should say. Yeah. I may be a collector of people. I, I Ooh, feel a like collector I, of people. I feel like I kind of have. Yeah. Over time. And I'm fascinated with people's stories. And, and that's why I love this work so much. Yeah. Because I, I'm so energized by um, hearing people's stories and how they get to where they are and um, obstacles they've overcome. And so... So, yeah, I think that's mine. Mm. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. I I have studied this for so long, but to really then articulate your own personal, unique dharmic path is is challenging. I just know, you know, in college, I could not settle in on a major. I could not settle in on a career path for a long time. I had so many interests across the board. But if I try to take the big picture, the eagle view, which is, I think is what life purpose is about, is not about the day-to-day ins and outs of life or even the particular chapters of your life, but like, what's the bigger reason you're here? And I think I'm here to heal myself. Mm. And then as I heal myself, then I bring healing To to others. So I've always known that I was a healer or that I had sort of healing uh, inclinations. And I was always interested in the healing arts, whether it was energy work or medicine or psychology, nutrition. Um, But I sort of see that my work comes out of the work I'm doing on myself. So as I'm healing different patterns in me or old traumas or low back pain or whatever it is, then I am diving in deep into and I take deep dives and reading everything I can find. And then I'm learning about it for me. And then it just comes out in service to helping other people. It's like when people come up to me after yoga class and they're like, how did you know what you taught exactly what I needed to hear today? And I'm like, well, I taught exactly what I needed to hear today. But because I did that, it reached other people. So, so yeah. And it feels like, I'm like, can I say that? Can I say that feels so selfish to say my purpose is here. But I, I truly believe that when we heal ourselves, we do heal all the people around us through our essence, right. through that energy you were talking about. Yeah. And the more, I don't want to say pure, but the more authentic and real and clear my energy is, I know that it can then be in service to other people. Right. That's fascinating because I, it like this light bulb went off, like 
perhaps I'm here to connect with myself and mm. to like, you know, so even the connection piece, Yeah, I've been trying to connect oh, to my own so self, which then allows me to see the beauty in connecting others. So, yeah. so maybe that's a good thing to think about is what it is we need is often what we the world deliver needs. the world. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Kate. And I see in your case that you were so able to connect and be have such interest in other people that you actually didn't have to put interest on yourself for a long time until you started to. And it was probably similar for me is that I could do all this healing for other people until I was like, oh, I need to do this for myself. And so, yeah, I think there might be a big kernel of truth in this that how we serve the world actually is how we serve ourselves. That they're all entwined. Yes. And of course, everything's interconnected. So it makes sense. Well, we talk to our guests a lot about those first 10 years or obstacles people have overcome. And there's this idea that you can find Dharma by looking at your obstacles because those are your soul's unique curriculum. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, And that's what lines you up in overcoming your own your case healing yeah my case connecting to uh, to myself as as that curriculum showed up for us like this is what you need to do then it does lead you into being mm. able to share those gifts with the world yeah so well, I think this is a beautiful segue because I think that the question begs for most people, like, what is my life path? Am I on the right one? Am I doing the right thing? And clearly in your coaching practice, you get a ton of people coming in. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And of course, in my psychology practice, I get, have heard this so many times from people. And so the real question is, well, like, how do I actually really discern what my life path is? And so what you're bringing up is, you know, I think one of three paths for us to discern, and that's the path of, of something happened or there was something challenging our own inter, our own internal challenge. Right. Right. And that then leads us into what our gift is. So yeah, it's like what our pain is, is what our gift is. Right. It's all connected. And you, we can all, and I'm thinking of a, of a doctor, a physician I know who is uh, an oncologist, right? A blood oncologist, I think is that hematology, oncology. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they are on this life path because they struggled with cancer as a child. Mm. So it's sort of like what the big pain or what the big challenge was or what you are trying to work through in this lifetime then ends up being your life purpose of how you give back. Right. Glennon Doyle always says it's whatever breaks your heart will lead you to your, to your purpose. Beautiful. So it is often, um, whether it's something that broke your own heart because it happened to you or whether it's something out in the world that, that breaks your heart to see and you just feel this desire to make that better. Yeah. That tells you the direction you should yeah. move into. And, and I would say that's the second path to figuring out. So if the yes. first path is that there's something really challenging that's happened to you, to you personally, yeah, the second path would be I'm looking out in the world and I'm totally overwhelmed by the atrocity or the pain or the planet. Mm-hmm. And that creates some kind of energy in you to want to change it or help right. it or improve it. So it's like looking out to the world. Right. 
and seeing like, what does the world need right now? Yeah. And that goes back to your first point that really we're all here in this moment on earth at this time for a reason, particular reason. And so, which when we first started talking about that, it was, it's almost overwhelming to think, but like that you are literally planted here on, on purpose. Yeah. There's because of your purpose. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, it, that feels like I feel, I feel responsibility in that somehow. But I, I love that you just brought that up because I think a big point when I've been studying this from all angles, meaning the more like 2000 year old, uh, tradition of yoga and then the science, the current psychological science behind it is the idea that actually we can't miss our purpose. And that's the fear. I mean, I think you see people coming in or I've seen people in my office, this fear of like, I'm going to miss it or I'm not doing it right. And the idea is that our unique life purpose is anchored in us. We come into the world wired towards this. And so just, we can't actually miss it. Now we can get off course, but the way we know we're off course is our, we're feeling miserable. We're feeling stuck. We're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. We're not moving forward. And that is often, those those are the signs that you're off course in your life and that stuckness and, um, not feeling any forward momentum. Um, that's your clue that, that something needs to shift that you're, that you are off course, but you're right. It's the point is you, it's not that hard to go back to it and find it because it's in you. Right. Like we don't have to go off looking on all seven continents to figure out where it is. It's not, it's not that far away. And you can, I know in working with people, like you can use your Dharma in a lot of different ways. Yes. Beauty. If it's to bring beauty into the world, you might be an artist, you might do home design, you might. Yeah. So how that shows up for you in, in a job or in your daily work can be a lot of different things. But if your Dharma is to bring beauty in the world, and you're yeah. doing a job where there is very you're in accounting, yeah, and a- <laughs> yeah, in a cubicle, you yeah, not- probably feel stuck. Like yeah. it does, you feel like you're in the wrong place mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you're not able to access your gifts that you yeah. were brought here with. So, um, yeah, I think, and some people, I think we've interviewed people on this podcast that found that were so tuned into their dharma. I think about um, Raya, the yes. artist, and. So, and and Deja, like, yeah, the scientist and the yeah. musician, like they just yes, they knew, yes, and, and they they had the at a very young age the courage to live it, mm-hmm. and even when that didn't make sense to people, and they were young and they weren't following mm-hmm. the traditional path, um, it takes real courage. It takes courage at any age, but um, I think there's you know there's different times to your point of when we. Yeah. Fully come into yeah. it. And, um, but what you said too, is that our, the way our Dharma manifests in the world will look different, perhaps at different stages of our life. Too, so yes. for you as a connector, you as a connector and junior high look different than you as a connector now at 50, but there's a through line. There's a through line. It's, it's the same Dharma. It just looks different. Yes. So I think that's also something for people to remember. If you're stuck, like look back because you've always actually been connected to this. It's been your unique blueprint. It's who you are. People who just sort of know you can probably articulate it better than you can. And that your dharma, 
your life purpose. Again, it might not be your job. It might not make you rich or famous, but it's, it's the unique piece of you that follows you through in your life and why you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking back, you know, that's when you think about how do I access it? How do I know what it is? It does require you to, you know, especially at our ages, like yeah. to look back at times in our life when we felt like I will have people write about when did you feel like you were in, in a flow state? Like mm. it was easy. You were doing things and it just came easy to you. What was happening in your life? Where were you? Because those are messages that, you know, if you've lost that, you mm-hmm. can look back and say, yes. that was a time. What You know, that I had access to what, to my purpose then. Yeah. And um, I think that's the third path, which is what yeah. lights you up. What lights what, you up? What could you stay up until 2 a.m. talking to your girlfriend about because you're so passionate about it that yeah. these are often clues for what what is my direction or what is my real reason for being here? Yeah. And so often... Um, we kind of think, and, and you can do this. You can work in a job and then find, you know. You do can do it on the side. You're, yes, exactly. It doesn't have to always be associated with your job. But there is some beauty in when you can really line up all of those characteristics in, in a role where you are best. Yeah. You know, Since you do a job for 40 likely yeah, hours a week, that's a lot time, of time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it does, it's feeling, and I think for this younger generation, it's feeling more and more important. Mm. I think they are more in touch with finding joy yeah. than even our generation. We yeah. were like, it's work. I'll enjoy myself when I get home. Yeah. But I, I think younger people aren't willing to, which to is great for that. Which is yeah. great, which means people are going to be more aligned with their dharma. Yes. And, and maybe it's going that way because our we're all interconnected and and we need to save this earth and save this planet. And so we're all here for a reason. And if we can all step into that reason, we're going to make this place better. Yeah. And so maybe that's the urgency in this younger generation of like, I'm not just going to do a job that's meaningless to me. Right. Yeah. Well, I think about, as we talk about what lights you up, um, I think that's such a good guidepost for people if you're really confused about what is my purpose to to think about like when I go to the bookstore if I'm a reader what section do I go to mm-hmm. and I remember my sister used to be so annoyed with me because we would always get $100 gift certificates to Barnes and Noble at Christmas you know that was like one of the gifts that we always got and so we would you know, after Christmas sometime, we would go to the Barnes and Noble and we would get to choose our books and she would choose like a stack of novels. And I would go (laughs) to the health psychology section. I would like have all nonfiction books. And she would, she was so annoyed with me like, oh my God, you're 16 year old, 16 years old. Why are you buying all these books? And, or we'd be on vacation and I'd be reading all these nonfiction (laughs) books and she'd be like, can you just read a novel? But I can see now that that I was aligning with my Dharma Yes, and it wasn't hers. So she couldn't like understand it, Mm -hmm. but I just, the, I just wanted to take in all this knowledge. I wanted to understand myself. I wanted to understand, you know, the, the pain in other people. And so I, I was hungry for it and I still am hungry for it. Like, 
Yeah. It just continues. I still only buy nonfiction books. Yeah. You you knew you were drawn. That That's where you were drawn. It's like yeah. when you walk into a bookstore, you are drawn yes. to a section, right? Yes. What's your it's section? A perfect example. Where, where do you go? Oh, the self-help. You go to the long. self-help too. Oh yeah. Like your curiosity and people. Yep. and Yeah. I want, I want to connect to connect, somebody else connect. who's done. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Always. Uh-huh. Um, so I had a coach once that I worked with and she had me because I was very stuck at the time and she had me talk to interview friends and family and ask, mm. and I asked them, what do you see me naturally good at? And I did these one-on-one interviews with about eight people. I remember I had the journal at home where I wrote it all down and the through line mm. was was just what you said, was, or we talked about, was the connection piece. So many people in different areas of my life that knew me at different times, they all saw it. Uh, so sometimes it's others- It's a brilliant exercise. It is. And so if you're, if you're kind of searching, the answer is yes or inside, but if you need extra help, people closest to us- which also suggests it. it's actually not some deep, dark, hidden secret no. that we have to spend years like uncovering. It's like it's actually really obvious because that's how we're wired. And I and the idea of that, that people, most people around us kind of have seen it and known it for a long time. Correct. We're just the last to know. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or we haven't put words around it. For me, it allowed me to put words around. Like I couldn't, I knew I was trying to figure it out for myself and I couldn't find the words. So when you ask other people and the same words were coming up in these interviews, I'm like, that, that is how Mm. I can start to communicate it to myself. Like that is what. To have the label was really important for you. It was. And then I think once you have the words or the label, then it helps in your life to know what your bigger purpose is so that you, we just talked about boundaries in our last episode, you can figure out what to say no to. So it's sort of like, okay, this ask coming at me, is it aligning with my larger life purpose of why I'm here? Is this opportunity giving me a chance to be in connection right, or work with healing? And if the answer is no then, okay, well, maybe it's actually not in my highest service or my yes. time to, to do this. Yeah, it actually ma- it makes prioritizing your time so much easier when you are clear. Um, George Bernard Shaw, Bernard Shaw says, the moment you marry yourself to the right purpose, you become a force of nature. Mm. So as soon as you get clear, marry it, yourself to your purpose. Yeah. You become a force of nature. Yeah. It's good. Isn't that it? is so good. Uh-huh. And it's what you were saying earlier that we're sort of drawn to these people who are carrying this vibrational energy of they, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing. We're, we're attracted to that because there is a force of nature there that we're like, oh, uh, maybe on some deeper level, we're like, I want some of that. Yes. I, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And, and I can think of people in my life right now that are, that are totally living their dharma. Mm. And they are often the people that I will want to reach out to yeah. or find out what they're up to or I'm curious about them because it's so powerful to watch someone be in that space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it, it only, you know, that vibration, if you think about it as this energetic signature, if everyone is living, you know, or even one-tenth of the population were living in that space. Yeah what we could accomplish Bingo. and what, what the world would be like. So, yeah. um, 
And hopefully we're moving in that direction. You know, I think that, you know, consciousness is part of this, being conscious of your dharma. Yeah. So the more conscious we become as a planet, as a society, as a global, you know, society, I think that's when people are solving the big problems. That's when they're um, making the world better every day because they're, yeah, their gifts are here to do Totally, that. totally. So it's so interesting to look at it on such a micro individual level, but then also to see that your macro. purpose is related to something much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share maybe as a way for us to close this beautiful sort of quote about what our world needs. Okay. Does that sound okay? Yeah. So this quote has been attributed to the Dalai Lama because he, I think, used it at some point. But he's not the one who wrote it. Okay. So this quote actually is attributed, attributed to David Orr in a book called Ecological Literacy. And we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, take this quote in because I think it's so powerful. So the plain fact is that the planet does not need more successful people. But it does desperately need more peacemakers, healers, restorers, storytellers, and lovers of every kind. It needs people who live well in their places. It needs people of moral courage willing to join the fight to make the world habitable and humane. And these qualities have little to do with success as we have defined it. I've heard that before and it is so true. So I'm hoping what our conversation has helped people see today is that your dharma, your purpose has very little to do with success as our culture defines it, with power, with money, with prestige, with fame. But it has to do with service and helping, you know, save this planet. People who are living well in their places. I love Making the world more habitable, habitable and humane. Yeah, that's a beautiful quote. Yeah, yeah. So for all of you out there, hopefully, um, like Some inspiration to keep... We learned a lot today, too, about each other. And, and I think it's powerful to talk to one another about this too, because understanding your Dharma, you then need to own it. Yeah. You have to live it out. Like once you know it and you, like you said, you've put a label on it, Yep, you know what it is. You have to sort of hone in on it and then bring it, bring it, bring it, baby. (laughs) Come on, sisters and brothers out there, bring it. All right. So we want to do our champion. We want to champion a woman. And uh, this is a woman that neither Kate nor I have met. And this is actually a woman who is no longer on this planet, but uh, definitely was aligned with her dharma, her life purpose in a, at the time, very quiet way. But now historically we can look back and it was so powerful. So in honor of, we just are coming off of Black History Month and we're moving into Women's History Month, we want our champion champion of a woman to be uh, the great Harriet Tubman. So Harriet Tubman was known as the Moses of her people. Um, she was enslaved and then escaped, and she helped up to, um, they think, probably around 700 people um, get out mm-hmm. of slavery She was never caught and she never lost anyone. And my understanding of Harriet Tubman comes from a phenomenal book all about Dharma and life purpose by an author named Stephen Cope. It's called The Great Work of Your Life. And he has a whole chapter dedicated to Harriet Tubman. 
And what he sees as part of her gift, her unique blueprint, was she was so intuitive. Mm. And so she knew, she just sensed when to wait, when, when to, to walk. stay overnight, when, yes, to, yeah. when to hide. Yeah. She took a different path every single time. It's like she was so tapped into something bigger and larger that she was able to bring so many people courageously to freedom. So we want to just take a moment. I have chills right now I talking too. about this. I do too. We want to take a moment just really honoring um, the great life of someone who at the time it was small, right? Like she was one just one person at a time, but clearly um, goes down in history as being something profoundly uh, life-changing. Yeah. And someone we can all learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Betsy. Thanks, Kate. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.